0: Informing America's farmers and ranchers. This is AOA, produced by the American Ag Radio Network. Now, here's your host, Jesse Allen.
1: Well, my coffee cup is full. The government has been funded for a few more weeks, and we've got a lot to talk about here today on AOA, Agriculture of America. Thanks for joining us as we talk about issues impacting rural America I'm your host, Jesse Allen, and yeah, the uh, government is funded for a few more weeks anyway. Congress avoiding a partial government shutdown. That's one of the uh, big headlines we are tracking here on today's show as they have uh, kicked the can down the road. As uh, I'm, I'm really starting to use that term a lot because I don't have anything else that's probably appropriate to say in regards to the situation. But nonetheless, Congress buying themselves more time to try and get appropriations and funding bills completed as they've now extended their deadlines to March 1st and March 8th. We were going to see four of 12 government funding bills expire, including USDA uh, on Friday, but now... Congress giving themselves a few more weeks to try and get something done. So that's the situation we're going to continue to watch. We've got other topics to talk about here on today's AOA. We're going to look in markets with Naomi Bloom from Total Farm Marketing coming up in segment two, get her perspective on price action we're seeing right now. In segment three, after the bottom of the hour, we're going to talk to Andy Campbell, Director of Insights at Tractor Zoom, and get some updates on what's moving and not moving in the equipment market. Always enjoy a conversation with. Andy, And then at the end of the show today, we're going to get another preview of Cattle Industry Convention a little over a week away in Orlando, Florida. Kristen Torres, NCBA Executive Director of Meetings and Events, going to join us for a conversation. First up, though, we're going to preview another big event that is just a few weeks away. That's Commodity Classic happening in Houston, Texas this year. Joining us to tell us more about this year's event, he's one of the co-chairs from South Dakota. Brandon Whip is with us. And Brandon, thanks for joining us on AOA today. Hope you're staying warm, and we appreciate the time. Hope you're doing well.
2: Yeah, Jesse, thanks for having me on. We're, we're doing our best to stay warm here. Got a little snow here in South Dakota this morning, but yeah. Uh you know we're we're doing well.
1: Well, that's all that we could ask for and I know a lot of folks are probably looking forward to February 28th through March 2nd in Houston at the George R Brown Convention Center. Probably going to be a little warmer I would think it's South Texas as we uh, get prepared for Commodity Classic 2024 and I know a lot of excitement there is uh, there is plenty uh, on tap for this year's show isn't there Brandon?
2: There is. And, you know, yeah, certainly hope that Houston has a little better weather than what we're experiencing up here. Uh, And, you know, for, for those of your listeners who maybe are only slightly familiar with Commodity Classic or maybe they've never attended before, I think that this year is a fantastic year for them to come and experience it for the first time. So we are in Houston, Texas. That's the first time in nearly 30-year history of the show that we've been in Houston, Texas, and it's a great city, uh, You know, a great convention center. The hotels are, are directly adjacent, so there, there should be very little walking necessary. Uh, we have the largest trade show that we've ever had at a commodity classic, and that's going to be in Houston. It's going to happen on multiple levels of the convention center for the first time ever, and so we're really excited about that. I was looking at the cost of flights at the end of last week, uh, I, I, can, I can report that I think they are the most reasonable f- flight prices that I've ever seen mm-hmm. in uh, almost ten, 10 years of attending Commodity Classic myself. So I think that, that should be a real plus for people that are on the fence about attending.
1: Well, I know, too, that a a lot of folks attend who are members of NCGA and ASA, which I know you are, of course, and that you throw in the wheat groups as well. You know, when you think about Commodity Classic, there's a lot of business that is done from the various commodity groups every year at the show, isn't there, Brandon?
2: There is, and there'll yeah, there will be a lot of association uh, meetings, and we will be discussing what our policy positions will be, you know, uh, for the for the coming year on on the issues that are at hand. But there's a lot more going on at Commodity Classic than just these association meetings. Uh, there, you know, if, even if you are not involved in those organizations at all, it's a great place for you to spend your week uh, with us there. And we want to make sure that that people really understand that we've got the FBI coming in on on Saturday morning. Uh, at to what is already a really great uh, group of educational opportunities for producers, the FBI is going to be talking about uh, cybersecurity in agriculture. That should be really an issue that is at the top of our, uh, that that's on our radar because uh, cybersecurity is becoming a really tough issue. And I know that the enemies of America would really like to hit us where it hurts and the food system would be one of the great ways for them to do that. And so uh, farmers do need to be aware of those sorts of things. And then on Saturday, also, uh, the Houston Rodeo, it's the largest Mm -hmm. rodeo in the world, happens to be uh, in in Houston right at the same time we're going to be there. And so we were able to partner with them and offer to our attendees a a very special pricing on tickets for the rodeo. And then a concert, uh, Late Afternoon Hardy. The uh, the award-winning country music act very very excited to uh, to be able to add uh, his performance to the experience that that our attendees will be able to have there down in Houston. Yeah. So lots of really exciting things happening, Jesse.
1: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. A lot of fun being had, and a lot of great education too. Like you mentioned, the FBI. Uh, session on saturday i i would agree with you i think that is a very important session for folks to attend and you know too i, I was looking i mean two stages uh, within the trade show a lot of other great presentations and educational sessions i know uh, probably too much for us to get into here in this segment brandon but yeah, i yeah, mean from yeah, your, yeah. your experience you, you mentioned you've gone for many many years I would have to think you always take away something new every year when you go to commodity classic don't you
2: I do uh, you know for me uh, you know I, I have limited time to really to spend on uh, you know on learning about the new equipment and the new technologies that are available to us and commodity classic allows me to be very efficient with that time because uh, all of the major companies bring their 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 highest expertise people uh, to, to our show because they know they're going to be able to interact with farmers that uh, are very progressive minded. So there's a lot of new products that are released at Commodity Classic every year. Um, but I'll say this year in particular, I'm looking a- across the total suite of brand new products that will be released, and it is the most extensive and the most exciting that I've ever experienced. I've been attending Commodity Classic since uh, 2015. Mm-hmm. So we're very excited. Uh, about some of the brand new things that farmers are going to be able to see there and and possibly take home some ideas for their operation well i know you can find more details in the
1: full agenda commodityclassic.com brandon uh final thoughts from you if you had to give like an elevator pitch so to speak to your uh, fellow farmers and ranchers to get them down to houston to commodity classic what would you say to them brandon
2: well, I'll just highlight one example. Uh, you know, John Deere, major uh, equipment manufacturer. The last two times they've released brand new products, it has happened at the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas. So, not a farm show. Uh, this year, they are actually going to be rolling out some brand new products that producers can see. Uh, that literally, uh, they we we have a guy on our commodity classic committee whose daughter works for John Deere. She won't even tell him what what they are. So, it's going to be a very 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 special surprise. I I can't. I'm not withholding any information that i have i'm telling you uh they are releasing some really major things and i think uh producers would be would be really happy with their decision to come down to houston and see those in person on top of all the other amazing products that will be released
1: Well, we're looking forward to it and uh, looking forward to being down there as well. Again, commodityclassic.com for more information. And we've been talking with one of the co-chairs of this year's Commodity Classic, Brandon Whip from South Dakota. Brandon, thanks for the time today on AOA. We appreciate it. We'll see you at Commodity Classic.
2: Thanks, Jesse. We'll see you there.
1: And again, you can learn more online, commodityclassic.com. All right, coming up next, we'll talk markets with Naomi Bloom here on AOA. join us every tuesday for around the table brought to you by chs where we take a close look at the benefits of cooperative ownership every week we'll host a new guest and discuss how you can get the most from working with your local cooperative and we'll learn why farmers and ranchers just like you choose cooperatives to help them persevere and prosper tune in each tuesday or visit cooperativeownership.com to learn more Join us the first Wednesday of every month on AOA for the latest episode of The Monthly Grind with our friends at the National Corn Growers Association. We'll discuss the latest topics surrounding the corn industry, the relationships between corn and other parts of the agricultural supply chain, the newest initiatives and partnerships from NCGA's Market Development Action Team, and much more. That's the first Wednesday of every month for The Monthly Grind on AOA. It's a show you don't want to miss.
3: Every day, our brave military men and women, along with their families, make tremendous sacrifices for our freedom. Patriotic Hearts, a nonprofit organization, is dedicated to supporting these heroes and their families in their times of need. By donating your unwanted car to Patriotic Hearts, you'll be supporting job transition and job fair programs, veteran entrepreneurship, counseling, and retreats for combat veterans and their spouses. Call 800-560-3870. You'll receive a tax deduction, and we'll arrange a free pickup at your convenience. Imagine the difference you can make in the lives of those who have given so much for our country. Your car donation will directly impact military families, veterans, providing them with the support they desperately need. Call 800-560-3870. You can become a part of something bigger. Join us in our mission to uplift and honor our military community. Call 800-560-3870 to donate your unwanted card.
4: Now. We tend not to think about now. We dream about tomorrow, relive yesterday. But sometimes we don't see what's right in front of us. Victory over cancer is in front of us. Right now, cancer research is saving lives. Cancer research funded by the V Foundation is leading to new discoveries and new treatments, and ultimately, one day, victory over cancer. Right now, one out of every two men and one out of every three women will get cancer in their lifetime. Now is your moment. You may save someone you love. The V Foundation has the skill, the speed, and the strength achieve victory over cancer because today's cancer research is tomorrow's victory. Learn more at v.org.
1: Don't give up. Don't ever give up.
0: Informing America's farmers and ranchers AOA. Now back to Jesse Allen.
1: Well, let's talk markets here on AOA today as uh, we're trying to wrap up the holiday-shortened week with a little bit of positive uh, strength in the grains and livestock, too. There's plenty to talk about. There are a lot of things that uh, folks are keeping a close eye on here the market trade. Joining us for a conversation, Naomi Bloom, Senior Market Advisor at Total Farm Marketing. Naomi, it's great to talk with you again. Hope you're staying warm there in Wisconsin.
5: Yeah, doing great. And we actually welcome the cold. We've needed it because our uh, ice had been too thin and our ice fishermen couldn't get out on the lake. So we are excited for the cold weather.
1: Well, uh, the cold weather, I know, uh, going to be sticking around a few more days, uh, at least the Arctic chill anyway, and then maybe we'll get back to a little more seasonal cold temperatures at least for winter here as we get into next week. Uh, Naomi, let's uh, let's dive into these markets. You know, we kind of started the holiday week, I guess, in a, in a cold way as well, uh, but then here towards the end of the week, we're kind of reversing a little bit in this grain trade overall, trying to find some strength. I'm just... I'm wondering here if maybe low prices are, are starting to cure low prices to a, a certain degree. Naomi, what do you think?
5: Yes, partly that. I think a lot of the negative sentiment after Friday's USDA report has now been priced into the market. From a technical perspective, March corn in hindsight had a head and shoulders formation on daily charts, and 440 was the downside target. So we hit that and tested it all week this week. It's held, and now we're able to reverse higher from it on some technical correction. Same with beans. It had a swing objective lower, which pointed down to $12 for the nearby March contract, and after all week of testing it, it held. And so from a technical perspective, we saw oats, Minneapolis wheat, Kansas wheat, and soybean futures yesterday either post bullish key reversals or bullish hook reversals on daily charts after testing support so it really feels like we absolutely have a short-term low in place we're seeing some profit taking and now we are going to be setting the stage for any kind of friendly news we can see potentially in the coming weeks
1: well friendly news i would say maybe we got a tiny bit on friday morning we got a flash sale of uh uh, to china we haven't seen that in quite a while and i know there's been A lot of talk this week uh, as well, Naomi, about the state of China's economy. Some of their latest economic data looked somewhat poor, but, you know, a soybean sale to China is always a a good thing to see and and a potential kind of a short-term pop to the soybean market sometimes.
5: Yeah, for sure. 297,000 tons of beans um, was announced this morning, so that was really encouraging. I'm sure that China was also probably watching technical charts too and knew that this was a price bargain area. Um, So we did have some negative news out of China earlier in the week, but this morning they released that their youth unemployment rate has improved. It had been closer to 20% in June. Now they have it pegged at 14.9%. So that was a little bit of an encouraging news this morning as well. And, you know, we're still not certain where that Brazil crop for soybean production is or isn't. Uh, so that is uh, something the market's keeping an eye on as well.
1: Yeah, we've been getting a lot of private estimates have continued to lower their numbers uh, in Brazil, specifically uh, for soybeans and, and corn. And there's some talk that the safrida corn crop could potentially be delayed. It, it largely feels to me, Naomi, and... You know, correct me if I'm wrong, but now that we've kind of digested all the USDA data from last Friday, this market has now uh, turned its attention mostly back to South American weather because really we're kind of lacking uh, another story to kind of watch in these grain markets right now.
5: Yeah, so like you said, we've we've priced in all the negative news. I think that that report we had on Friday is going to be the most bearish thing that we we're going to be seeing from now until May. That um, I think the worst is behind us. And to your point, we have to look forward. One thing to point out regarding corn and that safrina crop in Brazil. So you got to remember that overall corn production in Brazil all of it is going to be lower than last year. Last year it was 137 million metric tons. This year the USDA already lowered it from their December number. It's now pegged at 127 million metric tons. Now remember, only a quarter of that total corn crop is growing right now with the other 75% that has to get planted yet. And with the bean crop that's growing now, because it got planted late, that means the beans are going to get harvested late. That means the second crop corn is going to get planted late. So it's already going to be facing some of their adverse dry weather conditions down the road. Now, the reason this is significant is because they're already going to have a smaller crop than last year. And the, the thing, the big, 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 big thing is that Brazil's total... The demand between domestic consumption and what they're pegged for exports is supposed to be 131.5 million metric tons according to the USDA and they're only right now going to be able to grow 127 based on USDA projections and that Safrina crop, three quarters of the corn crop isn't planted and it's going to be growing in potentially bad weather. So if bad things happen to that crop, that would be potentially good news for the American farmer. We might see an uptick on our exports and maybe that's part of the reason why we had weekly corn export sales this morning coming in way above expectations at 1.25 million metric tons. Maybe the world is starting to wake up to the fact that our corn is cheap and you can't bet on perfect production out of Brazil
1: we're talking markets with naomi bloom from total farm marketing and on that demand aspect uh, i i for one am in that camp that we got to find some more demand here to try and help out uh, commodity prices i know a lot of farmers pretty frustrated with with some of these price levels and hadn't uh, taken enough advantage of some of what we'd seen you know throughout 2023 for some of their marketing so I, what would you what you tell folks right now as they're taking a long look at their marketing plan here in grains, Naomi? I mean, we got a lot of carry in these markets still. I know there's some opportunities out here if folks are smart about their marketing plan, right?
5: Yeah. And I think the biggest thing is to keep it real from the standpoint of you've got to remember we have 2.1 billion bushel carry out for corn, and that's going to, we're stuck with that. We're, we're stuck with that until we see either a dramatically lower production number here in the United States this spring and summer for what we're gonna be planting, or our export sales would have to pick up dramatically. So we don't have a reason why we need to see old old crop prices or like March corn futures go back up to 550. I mean, we we don't have that reason right now. So any kind of a recovery bounce that we can get out of here, you do need to be making cash sales with old crop because for dramatically higher prices, the only way that happens is if there is a disaster in Brazil, we have bad weather here this summer, and we see demand pick up. So again, keep your objectives real and be mindful of ways to forward contract your new crop corn, especially if we can get that these futures back up to the $5 area. That's a great place to be making sales and now you've got to really brush up on your marketing skills again. Uh, you can't um, fly by the wayside here and just think everything is going to be hunky-dory and something's going to turn around. You've got to get your orders in place for cash sales. Call your elevator now. Get the targets in place and on the cash sales and refresh your marketing skills in terms of buying puts or different put option strategies to protect unpriced bushels down the road.
1: Naomi, over in the uh, protein sector as well here, uh, looking to wrap up the week Friday. we got kind of mixed trade in cattle and hogs, decent export sales for beef and pork. I I know, too, with cattle, we have a uh, cattle on feed report coming out after the close on Friday afternoon. Uh, I got to feel like uh, a lot of traders probably just positioning ahead of that report on Friday. And uh, as we look at that report, is there any number in particular you're going to watch closely?
5: So, you're right, it's quiet because we're waiting for the report to come out this afternoon. You know, we're all um, keeping an eye on that placement number. Trade is expecting it to be at about 95.5% of last year when the range of expectations is pretty wide, 91 to 98. Uh, So, I'm really keeping an eye on that placement number. Uh, The marketing category is supposed to be at 99.3 with a tight range, 98 to about 100.7 and the on-feed number at 102%. Um, it does feel like the market um, has kind of shrugged off the reality that we did have, of course, more imports of cattle from Canada and Mexico. The USDA dropped that bomb on us back in November, and we've had a really nice recovery bounce. So we're going to be wanting to see um, where those placements are at, because overall we still have you know, less cattle in this country than years ago, so that still is an underlying friendly factor. Um, but going forward we are going to want to see you know—is the herd at all is it, is it slowly starting to grow or is it still just consolidated. And then traders are going to still look ahead to the January 31st cattle inventory report and that's the big one. That's the one where we get the really specific breakdown of all those categories um, and then we are keeping an eye on both domestic and export demand as well.
1: Well, I know folks, if they have questions, they can reach out to you and the team there at Total Farm Marketing, 800-334-9779, or find you online, totalfarmmarketing.com. Naomi Bloom, appreciate the time. Thanks for joining us on AOA, and we'll look forward to talking to you again down the road. Thanks so much. Thank you. Naomi Bloom there with Total Farm Marketing. All right, coming up next, we're going to take a look at what is happening in the equipment market prices what's moving what's not moving Andy Campbell director of insights at TractorZoom joins us next on AOA
0: paid non-attorney spokesperson. Are you over the age of 60 and been diagnosed with lung cancer? If so, you and your family may qualify for a cash award. Our experienced attorneys are standing by to evaluate whether you have a lung cancer claim that qualifies you for a cash award. The consultation is absolutely free, and there is no risk and no money out of pocket. We only receive a fee when we secure you and your family a settlement. 250,000 people are diagnosed with lung cancer every year. You're not alone in this battle. We can help make sure that you and your family are financially safe and that medical expenses are covered. Again, if you've been diagnosed with lung cancer and are over age 60, call now. Don't delay. There are deadlines for filing claims. We're standing by 24-7. Call us at 1-844-903-1744. 1-844-903-1744. That's 1-844-903-1744. Attorney advertising. William stepacker Jr. is the attorney responsible for this ad. Main office,
6: Grant, Pennsylvania. May not be available in all states. You're listening to AOA for the American Ag Network. I'm Richard Risvet with this market update. Grains and oil seeds this morning are mostly higher. Soybeans are leading the charge there. Livestock is mixed, but mostly lower currently. Now, after scoring new contract lows in both Kansas City and Minneapolis spot wheat, wheat markets are firm this morning. Each of those markets reversed to close higher after those new lows. Paris Milling Wheat features are also still hovering just above the new low set early this week. One thing is for sure, recent weakness in wheat has encouraged world importers to stock up on it. In just the past three days, more than 1.6 million metric tons of wheat has been booked with Algeria, Egypt, Jordan, Tunisia, Japan, Lebanon, and Jordan all buying wheat. Jordan has announced a new tender along with Bangladesh. And after corn forged a new contract low yesterday for the third time this week, March corn was able to reverse and close higher and is again showing strength today. The market had become very oversold with funds continuing to wrap up their bearish bet on corn. In just the last week, open interest in corn rose close to 100,000 contracts. That's a likely sign funds were adding to their already large net short position. Weather in South America has been the primary catalyst for recent weakness. Rains do return to central Brazil by the weekend and for much of next week. In Argentina, things have turned dry, but the conditions do remain favorable with 46% of the corn crop now rated good to excellent. That is a jump of 10 percentage points on the week and compared to just 5% good to excellent last year. Now there are economic concerns in China which continue to persist with reports today of leadership instructing some local governments to halt or delay some state-funded infrastructure projects. China's local governments are facing a far more serious debt problem than the central government due in large part to the exposure to the faltering property sector. That must now be addressed. Although the Chinese economy was able to manage a 5.2% GDP growth in 2023, prospects for the year ahead do continue to look challenging. The VIX is once again trading below 14, while the dollar is weaker this morning and crude oil prices are almost 1% higher. You're listening to AOA for the American Ag Network. I'm Richard Ristvet.
7: We
1: are the nation's largest integrated health care system, providing life-changing care to over 9 million veterans.
8: Our hands are busy, competent, skilled, healing, helping, and friendly. A place where diverse teams come together hand-in-hand to provide full patient-centered care. Working in state-of-the-art facilities with influential leaders in healthcare, all with a single goal in mind, to help veterans heal, recover, and get their lives back in a place where everyone plays a part and where your efforts are truly appreciated. A place so innovative and forward-thinking that we're rebuilding hands and where even robots lend a hand.
1: Join hands with us. Learn more at
3: vacareers.va.gov.
6: Keeping
0: America's farmers and ranchers informed, AOA. Now back to Jesse
1: Allen. And thanks for sticking with us here today on AOA, Agriculture of America. Well, we talked about the commodity and livestock markets in the last segment. Now we want to switch over and talk about what's hot, what's not in the equipment market. How are things looking at auctions and much more? Joining us for a conversation Always good to chat with Andy Campbell, Director of Insights at Tractor Zoom. And Andy, great to have you back on the show. Our first conversation of the new year. Hope you're doing well, my friend.
9: Yes, Jesse. Great to talk to you as well and uh, doing well. I could. Uh, we've got probably the fifth day that the kids are home from school for snow days. So that could go better. But beyond that, we're doing well up here.
1: Well, I was going to say, I think a lot of folks are, uh, their kids have been home for uh, a few extra snow days here uh, with this frigid cold weather and much more. And so, um, you know, I know that's, uh, sometimes, uh, a challenge, but also sometimes fun for, for parents, uh, too, to have the kids home. So, well, uh, I, I know you have the kids home, so we won't keep you too long today, but let's talk about what's happening, uh, with the equipment market right now, Andy and, uh, You know, uh, let's just go back and recap 2023 a little bit. I mean, end of last year, how did all the equipment at the end of uh, year auctions perform? Kind of give us a rundown what we saw to wrap up 2023,
9: Andy. Right. Yeah. 2023, we just saw supply come back. You know, that's all that we were talking about, especially following 20 and 21 when there's a shortage. And so at the end of 23, with all the supply coming back and, you know, the outlook wasn't great for commodity prices, we're expecting prices to tail off just a little bit and completely counterintuitive to that. At auction, we really saw prices take off, uh, especially for things like low-hour combines, sprayers did exceptionally well at the end of the year. And, you know, I think what happened was, you know, there wasn't a scarcity of equipment, but there was this this scarcity of opportunity and the farmers had profitability, some better than what they're expecting with harvest, and there was just this idea that in 24, that probably won't be there. And so what we really saw was not so much in dealerships, but at auctions, that a lot of people were going out there paying good money for those really high, or high value no pieces of equipment.
1: Well, those high value pieces of equipment, I, I heard a lot of that too, Andy. I'll, I'll echo your sentiments there. I, I think a lot of folks were... We're more or less looking if they were looking to make moves towards the end of last year with the equipment, they weren't necessarily looking to buy new. They were looking to buy something I'll say gently used seemed to be the theme. I heard a lot of the last couple of months of 23, right?
9: Absolutely. Yeah. And really our data shows that too, when I was able to dive into it, you know, combines in the role, a lot more combines last year that even the, the newer classic combines though, there were essentially one year old those increased in value. Now, once you got older than about five-year-old combines, we did see that oversupply really pushed down on on those prices and that's continuing into this year. But yeah, new combines went up, sprayers, newer sprayers definitely went up strong. Uh, and then uh, for row crop tractors, and there were so many, especially the 8R series out of John Deere, uh, there were so many of those, we expected that to drop and those held pretty steady. And so I think some farmers got some decent deals decent pieces of equipment at the end of 23 but as you got older in the equipment again especially for combines a little bit for planters um, and across the board with anything smaller like compacts uh those prices did soften at the end of the year
1: well andy what about right now let's shift the focus into 2024 a little bit here this we'll say this first quarter of the year Uh, What can farmers expect? You know, you alluded to this. We we have some concerns about uh, farm capital and interest rates and and things like that and the overall ag economy and the overall economy here in the U.S. So, I mean, I have to think that's on the minds of farmers as they're making decisions on buying equipment and inputs, et cetera. So, I mean, as you look at the landscape here, this first quarter of the year, what are you watching and what should farmers expect right now
9: yeah yeah well one thing i'm watching at least from being a farmer myself is my books and really starting to realize what my break-even point is on corn and soybean prices right now and so i think that's entering into a lot of people's mind as they go into the beginning of this year you know the american equipment manufacturers just came out with their december data uh they're pulling back on production of pretty much every large piece of machinery that's out there but I think from a farmer's standpoint, going into this year, they're going to be much more focused on ROI and what can they get their biggest bang for the buck, because that buck has shrunk a little bit. And I see two big opportunities for farmers here in 2024, at least the beginning. And the first one is with cornheads. The cornheads faced a lot of downward pressure at the end of last year. There's a pretty decent supply with those right now, And whether you go to a dealership or you can find the right one for you at auction. I think the corn heads, especially chopping corn head, can be a positive deal. where you are going to get a decent price, and from an ROI perspective, you hopefully can do less passes on the field, not have to chop up, you know, that that uh, those stalks, and so you could gain some money there if you find a good deal on the corn heads. And the second thing is really in the self-propelled sprayer. Now we're at the other end of the spectrum in terms of investment, but we saw a lot of self-propelled sprayers do well at the end of last year, but there's still a massive amount of supply of those. And I think you're going to see a lot more of those, you know, not only a dealership, but coming to auction here. And with those, if it fits your operation, right, you can, you know, make the investment there. And I know a lot more people are applying fungicide because it's got a good ROI and having the ability to apply that yourself. This might be the opportunity here in Q1 of 24 to look for those pieces of machines and maybe make that purchase.
1: We're talking with Tractor Zoom Director of Insights, Andy Campbell, here on AOA. Andy, as you look out to the rest of 2024, I'll expand uh, my last question a little bit. Are there any other things you're going to be watching for You know, as maybe we get into the summer later in the year? Can you look back at some of Tractor Zoom's data to maybe make some predictions for the rest of the year ahead? Talk about that a little bit
9: yeah and so we're always looking at that you know we've got a ton of data that will flow through tractorzoom.com and uh, and we're always looking at that and what our data scientist always tells me is like hey three months out we can understand the market pretty well six months we should be directional and you know beyond that you've got a lot of variables that are out there but what i can say for this year there's a few things that i'm looking at you know some on the micro level pieces of machinery and you know i mentioned sprayers and i think tractors are going to be interesting because from a dealer's standpoint You know, tractors always had the adage of you can always sell a tractor, Uh, you know, that doesn't have the seasonality of other pieces. It's always useful, but some of the prices on some types of tractors have gotten pretty high and tough to, you know, tough to make sense for a lot of farms. And so we'll be watching those values to see if they do come down, especially after the price increases that they've gone over in the the last couple of years. So, you know, tractors are one thing we're going to be focusing on. And I think probably from a bigger picture standpoint is technology, and specifically technology adoption. Because if people aren't spending big dollars on new pieces of equipment, they're gonna be looking at what they have already and how can they make that work better for them. And so they might be tightening their belts, but they'll be looking at maybe pucks, so you know, uh, upgrade kits that they can do for their planters, now even sprayers if it's capable, or they'll just be simply looking at you know their tech that they have in the cab. And say, okay, how can I use my data to better advance my farm and get maybe a dollar or two more per acre out of it and not have to make a $100,000 decision? So I think those are two things that that I'm going to be looking at this year to see if, if tractors lower in price and if that tech adoption really starts to pick up on the farm.
1: Well, and Andy, to that point as well, I know this is something that uh, we've all seen really over the last couple of years is the explosion of uh, precision technology and the ability and the options, I guess I would say, to add some of that technology to existing pieces of of equipment that you already have. I mean, the, the options, you know, I think back five years, there was only a few options out there now in 2024 there is a, a much uh, wider array, uh, a bigger plate, so to speak, to, uh, to choose from, right?
9: Absolutely. Yeah. And we actually have an AI language learning model project that's going on right now that's looking into this specifically for planters and other types of options you can add on to equipment. And what I think is going to happen, and this year we'll see if this actually comes to fruition, is that, you know, last couple of years, we've been a little more flush with cash. And so it's kind of a, a land grab and you're just, taking new pieces of technology, almost for technology's sake. Now, I think, though, because we're tightening things up a little bit, I think people will be more discerning with where they put their investment dollars, and we're going to see certain technologies that have a proven ROI start to outpace other ones. And so of everything that's out there, we're going to have a bit of a winnowing effect, I think, on certain ones that farmers really like, but they've also seen it work. And then I think we're going to double down and get some refinement with that. So it'll still advance the whole tech on planters on sprayers and who knows what else but it'll be things that really add value to the farmer that i think we're really gonna to move forward this year
1: andy i know uh, folks if they're looking for new equipment uh, they they could find a lot of great information you guys have a lot of resources at tractorzoom.com don't you
2: oh
9: absolutely and again getting back to that the theme of use the technology that you have and just make it work better for you that's something that we're focused on at TractorZoom, and at TractorZoom.com, you can go and set up a quick profile and just say, hey, this is the type of, this is my wish list. These are the pieces of equipment that I really want and I want it at an auction or I want it at a dealership and you can get immediate alerts whenever that stuff hits the market. And then that way you can go out, meet with your dealer, go follow those auctions and you don't have to constantly be you know, surfing the web and trying to find all those things manually just have the technology work for you. So we've got all that built in at TractorZoom.com, and we work with, these. I think it's over 1,600 auctioneers across the country and follow most of the farm equipment. So you can usually find what you need and have the technology work for you at TractorZoom.com.
1: Andy Campbell, Director of Insights at TractorZoom. Appreciate the time. We'll let you get back to enjoying a, a snow day with the kids. Thanks so much, my friend. We'll talk to you soon.
9: Sounds great, Jesse. Thank you.
1: All right, coming up next, we're going to get another preview of Cattle Industry Convention coming up here in just a few days with Krista Torres from NCBA, next on AOA.
8: Times of transition, whether from a sad event or a joyful one, can leave us feeling adrift. Social connections are an important part of a healthy life, Being isolated and lonely can be harmful to your health. It can lead to high blood pressure, a greater risk of heart disease, and early onset dementia. So it's important to build and maintain connections to people, not just in your family, but others whose relationships bring meaning to your life. Trying a new hobby, volunteering, exercising, even using your phone or other device to stay in touch with others all these can be great ways to keep up your social connections and your physical and mental well being. Visit connecttoeffect.org to see if you're at risk of social isolation and find ways to get connected. Presented by AARP Foundation with support from United Healthcare.
4: Being blind doesn't always look how others may think. Stargardt disease was supposed to define me. Ritonitis pigmentosa aimed to overwhelm my family.
10: It tried to cut me down. A blinding eye disease attempted to force me away from doing what I was born to do.
4: But it cannot stop me. I have the
1: tools.
10: I will keep moving forward.
4: Pushing past the limits of this disability.
10: I know where to find support and where I can be seen.
8: Great vision doesn't require great sight. Innovative research, educational resources, supportive community. The Foundation Fighting Blindness
5: is leading the charge in finding treatments and cures for blinding diseases. Make your impact today. Donate now at fightingblindness.org. A public service message from the Foundation Fighting Blindness.
1: This is Around the Table, where we explore the benefits of cooperative ownership. Today, Neil Jonkey, a corn trading expert with CHS, will provide a 2024 corn demand outlook. Neil, domestic corn use declined last year. Do you expect a rebound in 2024?
10: 2023 was a very different year. We had a very poor crop in the Southern Plains. We were shipping corn from North Dakota through our cooperative systems, South Dakota all the way down to Kansas and feeding the livestock industry down there. We have some problems with our domestic demand. Our livestock margins, our dairy margins, our swine margins, our poultry margins are all break even at best. And then of course you look at ethanol. Ethanol margins are poor at the best currently. We've came through some headwinds there, but our demand picture, we're just not growing demand. We're not growing livestock and we're not growing ethanol demand.
1: Well, U.S. market share of world corn exports increased last year for the first time in three years. Do you expect more of the same in 2024?
10: We increased for one basic reason, and that was Argentina had a crop disaster. Their crop was down 30 percent year on year. It's doing the opposite. We're going to grow 20 million met ton more corn in Argentina. They're going to steal every piece of export business they can to get back in the market. Our Brazilian production has exploded. Brazil is going to outpace the U.S. for exports for the first time since 2012. So uh, our export market does not look favorable.
1: Well, how will corn supplies and demand affect planting decisions and marketing strategies, Neil?
10: The market's expecting about 91 million acres. 91 million acres on a trend line yield. We'll put our carryout close to 2.6 billion bushel or the highest carryout in the last 20 years in the U.S. We're going to have to store corn in the U.S. The U.S. is going to be the corn carryout for the world. If there's corn carries, meaning that corn's worth more next year than it is this year, the market has proven that the U.S. will be the place that the corn is carried.
1: Thank you for joining us around the table. Learn more about the benefits of cooperative ownership
7: at cooperativeownership.com. Non-attorney paid spokesperson. Call Foreclosure Protection Services now at 800-926-1701. 800-926-1701. That's
0: 800-926-1701. Keeping America's Farmers and Ranchers Informed, AOA. Now back to Jesse Allen
1: and welcome back to aoa as we continue with our program great conversation there with andy campbell from tractor zoom Uh, always uh, always fun to chat with andy a lot of great knowledge and insight into what's happening in the equipment markets and looking at what's happening and auction trends and much more and uh, always fun to talk with andy and uh, also fun to talk markets with naomi bloom from total farm marketing uh, earlier in the show, had a preview of Commodity Classic with one of the co-chairs of the show, Brandon Whipp from South Dakota. And uh, looking forward to Commodity Classic coming up here in just a few weeks' time. Well, also, uh, we're looking forward to Cattle Industry Convention, CattleCon, as it is known, coming up here in just a few weeks here. And... Uh, Really looking for a great time in Orlando, Florida. I know we're uh, working to connect with Kristen Torres from NCBA here on the show today and uh, get a preview of what is happening at CattleCon 2024. I know I'm looking forward to being there here in just a uh, a little over a week. Uh, They're going to kick things off. They have what's called pre-con on Tuesday, January 30th. They got a grazing management workshop and an ag tour, and they got some different uh, NCBA meetings and regional meetings happening on that Tuesday. And then on Wednesday, the 31st, uh, things will get rolling uh, with the kickoff to cattle convention. A little bit of a change uh, this year. Uh, With the trade show and more, the trade show is going to kick off Wednesday late afternoon at 4.30 Eastern Time. Before that, they'll have the opening general session at 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Wednesday the 31st. Uh, They got the BQA producer forum happening on that Wednesday as well. Uh, They got a reception and live auction that evening. There's a a lot of fun things that help kind of kick things off there at Cattle Industry Convention on Wednesday the 31st. And joining us now to give us a, a better preview, a better description than what I'm doing, I would have to think, <laughs> Kristen Torres with NCBA joining us. Kristen, thanks for being with us on AOA today. And I was just giving a, a brief start to the overview for Cattle Convention, but uh, there's a lot that is on the agenda this year, isn't there?
11: Oh, yes. We have a packed schedule, as usual, for CattleCon. Um, we actually have quite a few thing, new things happening this year as well. Um Typically, we start the convention um, on Wednesday, but this year we're actually starting a little early on Tuesday afternoon, and we have a grazing management workshop happening, which is a brand new session. It's a half-day workshop for folks. Um looking like it's going to be very popular. Um, folks will walk away from that with a grazing management plan, which is going to be fantastic. Um, additionally, uh, our region meetings have actually moved to a to Tuesday so if folks want to find out what's happening in their region they can do that on those region meetings it's a great way to connect with folks in your area um, and then we've made a big change to Cattleman's College where we have now education every single day of the convention rather than all at the front end of the event
1: well, and I know what, things like Cattlemen's College and you mentioned the Grazing Management Workshop and more. Kristen, I know that you know a lot of education, uh, producers, when they come to the Cattle Industry Convention, I feel like there is so much that they could take away over the course of just a couple of days, different techniques that they might want to try on their uh, farmer ranch I and mean, things like that. There's so much that that folks can just learn by going to cattle convention, can't they?
11: Absolutely. Um, honestly, it's, it's a great place to get um, all kinds of information that you need to um, make your operation more efficient, learn about sustainability, learn about the latest trends, find out what's happening in Washington, D.C., and things you need to be aware of. Um, and then it's also a really great place to connect with other producers and other folks that are, um, in the same boat you are with, with challenges that you have may have on your operations, and additionally, it's a great place to have a whole lot of fun. We have also um, set the convention up to where it's very family friendly, but we've kind of added some extra things this year since we're in Orlando and we know that um, that's one of the most family friendly places on earth. So um, our Friday in the trade show we're dubbing Family Fun Friday. We've got programming for kids. We've got a kids' corral. Um, We've got all kinds of attractions and things um, where parents can come in and get what they need for their operation, but the kids are also going to have a great time, too
1: we are talking with kristen torres she is the executive director of meetings and events for the national cattle beef association getting a preview of CattleCon 24 and kristen another thing that i know has been going on for a few years now i think is really cool that you guys do you know speaking of the learning aspect cattle chats you guys have those set up on the trade show floor Mm -hmm. and then the learning lounge too on the trade show floor those are a couple other great opportunities uh, for folks to uh, find some different knowledge and learn some different things, right?
11: Yeah, actually on the show floor, we have four different areas where we're offering education. So um, Cattleman's College, as I mentioned, is um, being offered every single day now instead of just at the front end of the week. And we created a Cattleman's College classroom on the show floor And then we also have those two areas you mentioned where the cattle chats are kind of a TED Talk style uh, opportunity, so the sessions are fast, quick sessions, 15 to 20 minutes. Um, Those are uh, running solid pretty much all day long. And then the learning lounge are um, a little more traditional and they're about a 45 minute session. All of that is on the show floor in our education center. And then we also have the Stockmanship and Stewardship Demonstration Arena. And that's where we actually set up an arena on the show floor. We bring in cattle. We do low-stress cattle handling sessions. Um, It's really, really a great setup for producers. And it helps um, that trade show to be more than just a trade show. You know, folks really have an opportunity to get a lot of education there as well
1: definitely well cattle industry convention CattleCon 24 happening january 31st through february 2nd in orlando florida i know folks can learn more convention.ncba.org with that kristen torres executive director of meetings and events with the ncba thanks for joining us we'll see you at CattleCon.
11: okay thank you so much
1: all right we're out of time here on aoa today thank you for joining us making us part of your day coming up on our next program we'll talk to Kirk Covington with Ag America and looking at weather with John Branick for DTN. I'm Jesse Allen. Have a great rest of your day.
6: Do you know how much one stock of wheat is worth? Well, you're about to find out. Wheat is a member of the grass family that produces a dry, one-seeded fruit, commonly called a kernel. There are about 1 million kernels of wheat in a bushel, about 50 kernels per stock, which if we do the math, is about 20,000 stocks of wheat per bushel. That means that if a bushel is worth $8, then each stock is worth about .04 cents. So, you would need 2,500 wheat stocks to equal $1. Now, that one bushel of wheat will yield approximately 42 pounds of white flour or 60 pounds of whole wheat flour. A bushel of wheat makes about 42 pounds of pasta or 210 servings of spaghetti. Wheat is the primary grain used in U.S. grain products. Approximately three-quarters of all U.S. grain products are made from wheat flour. And in the United States, one acre of harvested land yields an average of around 45 to 50 bushels of wheat. So, if you ever wondered how much one stock of wheat was worth, now you know. These Farm Facts brought to you by the American Ag Network. Don't you wish your life came with a
12: warning app?
8: Stop. That dog does not want to be petted.
12: (laughs) Just a little heads up before something bad happens.
8: Move your coffee cup away from your computer. Oh, no, 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 no.
12: So you can have more control.
8: Stop. You're texting your boss by mistake.
12: (laughs) Visit Do I Have today. That's Do I Have Brought to you by the Ad Council and its Prediabetes
6: Awareness Partners.